Hey, and welcome to the Braveheart Talks podcast, where we will be discussing some meaningful and insightful topics into the life of everyday women. You know, one of the greatest lies we allow ourselves to believe is, it's only me. No one else thinks like this, and no one else struggles with this. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what age, stage or life placement you find yourself in, women are women and we are complex creatures navigating life through a torrent of emotions, hormones and relationships. My prayer is that during these conversations, we help your life get a little better and you get a little better at life. My name is Emma Bryant and who knows, by the end of this podcast, we may be new best friends. Well, welcome girls to Braveheart Talks. We hope this podcast blesses you today, wherever you're tuning in from, whether you're driving your car, doing your dishes, we hope it blesses you. I'm Megan and I'm joined today with Pastor Emma Bryant. Hey, hey. Max. It feels a while. It feels like a while since we've gathered it's and we've been done this, yeah. but we have just come off the back of conference. Yes. We did it. We've done it. We survived. It's been a month ago. Yep, an absolute month ago, and what a month it's been as I know, well. Yeah, I know. So good. For the girls who didn't come, we just done our first Braveheart conference in the ACC arena, and it was incredible. It was fantastic. And if you didn't come, come next year. We're doing it again. Absolutely. But um, for those who did come, I'm sure they've, them girls have got their highlights. But what was one of your highlights um, from conference? Oh, highlights from conference. Oh, do you know what? I've I really have so, so many, many highlights. I think I'm um, just being in that room and being in the atmosphere and it's the first time that we've done anything outside of our church walls yeah and so that was a big risk so yeah the highlights for me were uh, seeing teams of people step up volunteers step up and step out into something new and something much bigger than themselves I think being in the room full of women we've run Braveheart for quite some time locally with our local mm-hmm. girls yeah but to stand in that atmosphere we had girls from all over the UK from Suffolk Cornwall Great. Devon we had ladies from Scotland that came down and mm-hmm. everywhere in between Northern so Ireland and Ireland and Germany and Belgium <laughs> they came and yeah. even from Denver out in the USA I mm-hmm. mean you know people took the trip and came yeah. and to be part of that journey and to gather sisters and girlfriends yeah. just from all over the four corners of the UK and further afield yeah. that did something in my spirit mm-hmm. that just blessed me immensely. I yeah. love it. I love it when we gather together. Oh, it's it my favourite. So good. And Emma, well done you <clears throat> for being brave enough to put this Thank conference you. on because we were all blessed from it. So you've blessed us immensely. But the whole conference itself was called Hear Me Raw. And your first message you done on the opening night, the message was on that concept, Hear Me Raw. So yeah. where did that come from? Because it was powerful, but where did it come from? Yeah. So Hear me roar. Yeah, it was. It was the kind of what we put under the the umbrella of Braveheart under for this conference. And really, it's come about from partly my own personal experience, Mm -hmm. but also because really there is a noise on the inside of us. There is a voice 
on the inside of us that God has given us that I think we keep quiet and we allow a lot of other voices to speak out and we make a a lot of noise in the wrong direction. But there's a roar that I actually believe is a holy roar that changes things in the atmosphere. And they thought the concept first came about because when you read in the book of Genesis, we think that the first thing that God ever did was to create the heavens and the earth. But the first thing that God actually did was to make a sound. Mm -hmm. He made a noise. He spoke. He said. He spoke order into the chaos of the cosmos. And everything responded to his sound. And if God had not first made the right sound, then the heavens and earth wouldn't exist as we know them. So I actually believe that wherever there is great power, there has to be great sound. Mm. So in other words, God used great power to create the earth, but it came with great sound. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it in the natural, um, thunder is the sound that accompanies lightning. Wherever there's great power, there is great sound. I was saying at conference how I was in America when the um, space shuttle, I was in California when the space shuttle entered the Earth's atmosphere and the supersonic boom that echoed across the West Coast of California was absolutely phenomenal. But that sound was heard long before the shuttle was ever seen because wherever there is a great power, there is always accompanied with it a great sound. Mm -hmm. And so I understand it that God, you know, the great power of God is always going to do something great in our lives. Then that has to be accompanied by a great sound that's to come out of our lives. Yes. And, you know, I love what you made us do at conference. I mean, you made (laughs) us make a great big sounds. We all, you got the whole conference to roar in the audience. It was incredible. And I've even seen girls taking that into their lives now. I've seen girls going with their friends to the beach and they just shout and they roar and they make that big sound. But how does that, so Prince, while you're teaching us there, how do we actually apply that into our everyday lives? Yeah. So, yeah, because it could sound a little bit cray-cray, right? Just to think, (laughs) oh, yeah, we just scream and we shout. I think it's understanding the purpose of what the roar is and understanding the why behind the what. So if we we go to Luke 17, 21, it says, this is Jesus speaking, and he tells us, the people, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So that tells me that if there is great power within you, if the kingdom of God is within you, then there is a great sound to come out of you. For wherever there is great power, it is always going to be accompanied by great sound. So if you think about it in the Bible, the principles in the Bible, and you think about some of the characters in the Bible, Elijah said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain and then the rain came. He heard it before he saw it. Jehoshaphat sent the praise and worshippers into the battle first to make a sound of praise. And then God threw the enemy into absolute confusion. Paul and Silas, they led out a song of praise first, Mm -hmm. and then the power of God released the chains to fall from their wrists. Even it tells us about the very first occurrence of the Holy Spirit in the Bible when they were gathered in the upper room, Mm -hmm. okay? It says that they heard a sound like a mighty rushing wind 
and then the Holy Spirit descended upon them. So there was always a sound that comes first. So I think if you are wanting God to do something within you, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is you're praying for, what miracle you're believing for, what, you know, mountain you need him to shift, what giant you need to slay, what is the problem of your today? Whatever you need God to do for you, there's got to be a sound that comes out of you before God does something in you and through you. And that, as we see, is actually a biblical principle. And the reason that we got the women to roar on the Friday night, because I was asking the question, is like, does the sound that is coming out of you match the size of the God within you? Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, we we say we believe in a great big God, but we pray such gentle Jesus, meek and mild prayers. And God is like, no, I need the sound that comes out of you. And to be clear, it's a sound of faith. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And yeah. I believe that there's a roar on the inside of the woman that the enemy fears. You know, the word tells us that the devil mm. walks around like a prowling lion, seeking those he may devour. But I actually believe the roar of the woman waking up is is so effective that it's a roar that he knows he can't compete with. Yeah. And that roar is when the woman realizes, I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the king. I know who I am. When she begins to vocalize and take her authority, Mm. when she begins to release her praise, even in the face of adversity, even though things don't look the way you want them to look, you're going to release faith into the atmosphere. That is the type of roar, a type of noise that the enemy knows he cannot compete with. So that, if you're asking me, what does that look like in our everyday lives? It looks like, what are you releasing out of you that matches the miracle that you're believing for? Mm-hmm. So good. And because I think it's so true that, you know, what comes out your mouth is it, it determines your future. And, and it's so important how we use our tongue. It speaks about it so often in the Bible. But I think it's so easy, isn't it, for us as women, before you reminded us of that, to actually to let negativity come out of our mouths, to let unwholesome talk, to let the critical voice come out. So speak into that for the girls who are thinking, yeah, I love that M, but actually it's so much easier for me just to speak negative, so much easier for me to speak on the things that are not happening than what you are talking about. Yeah, I think the power of our words, it's actually a gift that God has given us. And for some reason it's doubled in womanhood than it is with the guys we just seem to have this volume of words that men just do not (laughs) seem to have so I actually think it's you know we're in a series in our church right now called how to sabotage your life yeah and I actually think that the enemy has wanted to sabotage the voice of a woman yeah like all the way down through history because if if he can whatever she speaks her life will follow. Yeah. So wherever your words go, your life will follow basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, historically it's our mouths that have been the undoing of us. It's our mouths that have yeah. got us into trouble. It's our mouths that have really, I think, um, put blockings on God's blessings because with our mouth, we always, always speak out um, the negative and the critical, like you said, we talk about what it's not and how it isn't. We talk about how we wish it was. We talk about how we feel, but I've never, ever, you know, 
just met up with a woman and she said, do you know what, Emma? I feel just so faithful today. Uh Or do you know what? I feel so blessed or so happy or so, like I will meet people and they'll say, I'm so tired. Yeah, it's true. You know what? I'm afraid. I um, I feel flat. And it's always, we speak all the time of, um, you know, the negative. But here's the thing, sound precedes destiny. Mm-hmm. You can always tell where a person's life is headed by what comes out of their mouth. Yeah. The way that you speak, right, is an indicator of where your future is headed. So think about it like this. If you're driving your car and you hear a siren, you, you pause for a moment because you think, where's that noise coming from? But when you have registered, that noise is coming from that direction. You pull over and you wait because you know an ambulance or a police car mm. is coming through. You don't hear the noise coming from one direction and then see the vehicle go in the opposite direction. Wherever the noise goes, the vehicle is going to follow. Yeah. You never see a motorbike you know, you don't hear a motorbike coming, but then visibly see the bike going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Wherever the noise goes, the vehicle's going to follow. It is exactly the same for our lives, Meg. Yeah. It's like whatever noise we're making out of our mouth, mm-hmm. our life is going to follow. So I'm saying, you know, if you don't like how your marriage is looking, you need to change the way you're speaking. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the way those kids turning out, You need to review what it is you're saying. Because I think the default that we've got into is so often we talk about how it is. And we tell God all about the problem. He already knows. He knows our lives. He knows what it is we're going through. But we talk negatively and we tell him about the problem and we talk critically. And actually what we need to be doing is we need to start having a voice of faith that aligns with who God is and what God says in his word. And then God can move. What we've done in the past is we've gone, I'm going to pray about this problem, about this situation. Then I'm going to wait till God answers. When God answers, then I'll make a noise. Mm -hmm. When I've got my answer, then I'll celebrate, then I'll clap, then I will praise him, then I'll be in church, then I'll be vocal and I'll be audacious and I'll be telling everybody about the goodness of my God. But if you think about it, when the children of Israel were facing the walls of Jericho, They had to let out a shout of praise while the walls were still standing. Mm. It wasn't when the walls came down that they let out an almighty shout. They let out an almighty shout while the wall was still standing. So while you're still facing your problem, you need to be bold Mm -hmm. in your worship, in your prayer time, in your confessions to God. Thank him. He's still a good God, even if you're facing a giant today. Yeah, that's true. He's still God. Yeah. Find something you can thank him for. You got up this morning, you got breath in your body, you're able to walk and talk. Yeah. Find what you can. You've got a husband, you're married, it might not be perfect, but start thanking God for the good that you do see. Start yeah. giving praise to God and telling God, I believe it's going to be better than the day that I see it today. While that wall is still standing, you start praising and then 
you are aligned for God to be able to move, for the wall to come down, for the giant to be slayed. It's like, I'm going to give praise to God first. So it's really important the way that we use our mouth. True. Because whichever direction your words go in, your life is going to follow. Stop speaking about what you see and start declaring how you want it to be. Yeah. That's the best advice that I could say on on that, really. I love that. That's so encouraging, Emma. I absolutely love what you mentioned there. And I think later on in your message then, you introduce us as women in the Bible called JL. I've said this before, JL. That's right. It's a unique name. I like it. She'll come back. Um, JL, she dealt with the enemy, and he took up residence in her house, and she did what she had to do to fix that and make sure it didn't um, destroy her. But how do we protect ourselves when, you know, the enemy, sometimes we talk about him as the unseen enemy. How do we protect ourselves from that if sometimes we don't know his schemes or his ways? Yeah, that's a very good question. So yeah, Jael, really interesting character in the Bible. Um, You don't hear much about her, but she was just this tenacious woman. Mm -hmm. But what I love most about the... um, what we do know about JL is she just comes across like the everyday housewife. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't a leader or a teacher or a woman of position or recognition. There was no title after her name. She didn't go down in history for having a great fellowship or her great leadership skills. JL was just a housewife. And, you know, without me going overboard into the story she's just cleaning the house one day which happens to be a tent and so she's sweeping the tent and making the beds doing the laundry just getting on with everyday life but actually Israel were in battle and um, Caesarea who was the the Canaanite leader of the Canaanite army he escaped from the battlefield and actually he ran away on foot and he, he ended up in this place of tent dwellers which is where JL lived and he bursts into her tent and basically he's really taken her by surprise and he says two things you can go away and read the story but initially the two things that he says to her is um he wants a drink okay and then he wants to go and lie down in the back of her tent it says he's covered up with a blanket and then he says to her go and stand in the doorway of your own home of your tent and if anyone comes looking for me tell them there's no one here so basically two things he did he said hide me and lie for me Mm. And if we just put that into the context of the everyday woman, I just think that is such a picture of how the enemy is still operating in Mm -hmm. our lives today. And although he's an unseen enemy, he wants to hide low in the background of your life. And this is how you know if he's hiding low in the background of your life, because you start to believe the lie that he's telling you. So JL stood at the entrance of her tent, but but when you're positioned at the doorway of somewhere, you're neither in or you're out. She couldn't be in the house and relax, but neither could she just run. So she's stuck in this place of limbo. I think the enemy has us trapped in places of limbo. Yeah, And it's like, you know what you want to do with your life, but you're too fearful to do it. Like yourself, you, you, you know what the word of God says about you, but your self-esteem is really low. You're believing the lie of the enemy. He's lying dormant in the back of your life somewhere and he's feeding you lies of unworthiness. Mm -hmm. You're unsuccessful. Nobody likes you. 
you're not popular, you're not great. And we begin to believe the lie of the enemy. But I love what JL did because she will have been positioned in that doorway and she must have had so many thoughts running through her mind at that time. You know, I know what I'd have been thinking. I'd have been thinking, okay, I'm going to wait till he goes asleep, right? And then I'm going to lug it around to all my girlfriend's tents. <laughs> I'm going to gather the girls and Guess I'm going to go like, what shall we do? And quite often that's what we do in life. Yeah, We come up against a problem. We come up against a situation. We know it's wrong. We know it's been destructive in our life, but we go around everybody else saying, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Well, actually, you know what? We need to be like calling on the name of the Lord Mm -hmm. first, not not running around everybody else. The other thing she didn't do was wait for her husband to come home and sort it out. Like, I often think, like, would I have just stood frozen in the doorway of the tent till I saw Luke yeah. coming <laughs> over the horizon and then I'd be mouthing to him, there's someone in the tent, yeah. you know. <laughs> Wait for my husband to sort yeah. it out. And tell you what else she didn't do. She didn't call a flipping 24-hour fast and prayer meeting, like, <laughs> I've got this enemy, I've got this problem. <laughs> you know, I've got the enemy hiding out in my house, he's feeding me lies. Let's all have a 24-hour prayer meeting. No, she just knew it was wrong and dealt with it. And I just think, honestly, Meg, there's just... So good. That in in and of itself, it's so powerful. If we could just deal with what we knew was wrong and just get on and stamp it out there and then. And it's a really gruesome story because (laughs) she just took what was at hand. She's she's a tent-dwelling woman. She picked up the nearest tent peg. She picked up a mallet and she drove that tent peg <laughs> through. I don't think I could have got to do that. Through her husband's so skull, honestly. I'm just like, <laughs> Luke slept with one eye open after I spoke that message. He was just like, <laughs> I ain't going to sleep in case you've got a tent peg. But she drove the mallet through. But here's the principle that we've got to learn. Yeah. She didn't run away and leave him in her home. She didn't cause him a bit of injury so he could keep returning. She did what she had to do to take him out mm-hmm. once and for all. So so the principles from that is her tent was her home. It's like this enemy, and I don't know if you know what it's like, it was a suddenly, like just one day suddenly the enemy turned up yeah. in the world. You know what it's like. You can be doing life, everything could be fine, everything could be great, and suddenly, all of a sudden, chaos hits your world. Suddenly you're looking at a divorce. Suddenly one of the kids is in epic trouble. Suddenly there's a health diagnosis, a financial crisis. You know, rape can be a sudden thing. Abuse Mm. can be a sudden thing. Like the wheel can fall off our lives so suddenly. And this is what it was for JL. It was a suddenly he turned up in her world. And so she did what she had to do to protect her territory. Well, your territory, the territory of your life, it looks like your peace of mind. What have you allowed in to settle in your life that is stealing your peace of mind? Mm. It, it, It looks like your territory. It looks like your value, your worth. The name JL actually means value. So she began to protect what was of value to her. If you could see how valuable you are in the eyes of God, you would protect everything that God has given you. Protect your marriage, protect protect your mindset, protect your own self-worth. You know, people are going to be critical. 
People are going to speak bad at you. People are going to want to pull apart the very thing you're trying to build. Ain't got no time to pay attention to that. What we have to do is protect what God has given us and stay true. The more attention that you give to the negative and the critical, the more it grows. So it's like, you got to get that out. I'm not going to give time to the enemy. In fact, scripture tells us, give no place Mm -hmm. to the devil. Don't don't give him an inch. Don't give him a doorway. You know, stamp him out your life. Uproot those negative thoughts. Don't Mm -hmm. need them in your marriage. Don't listen to the lies of low self-esteem. Keep reminding yourself what the Word of God says. Every time you speak out the Scriptures audibly, it's like you're wielding a sword in the face of the enemy. So they were the principles I got from JL. And of course, we don't believe that she drove that temp peg in silence. I think it was an almighty roar that yeah. came out of JL's mm. spirit. It was like a spirit of faith, a spirit of I'm done with this, a spirit of like, you're not having any more of me. Yeah. So. And talking about that loud noise, you introduced us to a word in your message and it's a Hebrew word and it's Shabak. Yes. Talk to us about what is the definition of that? Because I know it had some significance as well in this message. Okay. So yeah, Shabak is a Hebrew word and it's actually a word for worship. And there's so many um, variations. I love the the Hebrew language because the um, the definition of their words has so much more meat to them than mm-hmm. just our English words. And quite often, when we translate across to English, we lose so much of the true meanings. And so there is all different ways to worship God. There's ways to worship God where you you prostrate on your face. There's ways to worship God where we lift our hands heavenwards. Mm -hmm. There is loud praise. There is quiet worship. There is dancing. There is is so many ways to worship God. But there is this one way, and it's called, this one word called Shabbat. Mm -hmm. And actually, it means, it's a little bit um, undignified. It doesn't involve a tune. It often doesn't involve words. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the actual definitions for it is called a holy roar. And it is when you release something from your spirit. That is, you know, you scream in anger. If you get like outraged, if something makes you mad, yeah. we, we we let out a roar, right? We're like, Wah! we get angry. Mm-hmm. We also let out a noise when we're afraid. So fear will make us scream. We let something out of our spirit. When you scream with fear, it's come out of your spirit. It's what was in you. It's allowing that fear place. Yeah. But there is a holy roar called Shabbat. And so when you open up your spirit aligned with God, it's like when you've prayed and you've prayed and you've got no words left. It's when you're standing in faith over something, reading your scriptures, standing on the word of God, declaring the day of breakthrough, declaring when something new is about to happen, declaring his goodness over your life, declaring a situation to change, a loved one to be saved, uh, you know, a new dynamic. It's, it's like when you are absolutely believing God for a miracle, that is when Shabbat comes out of you. I'm out of words. Mm -hmm. I'm out of being dignified. I'm out of, I am just, 
it's holy abandonment before God. You know, yeah. the scripture when it talks about when David danced before God and his wife looked on him and she she laughed because he looked undignified. I believe that David was shabacking then. It yeah. was like, it was just something coming out of my spirit towards God, but it's actually a statement of faith. I believe when, when the Israelites stood before the walls of Jericho, it was Shabbat that yeah. came out. It was a loud noise. Doesn't tell us what the noise was because, because the what it was yeah. is not important. The who it's directed to is everything. Yeah. It opens your heart up for God to align or for your heart to align with faith so that God can move mountains and yeah. do miracles. And I believe there What's was that? so many women who Shabbat in the Bible yeah. literally just let out this holy roar mm-hmm. and so yeah we did it at conference we did. and it was the most powerful moment mm-hmm. because what we did is we just said okay we're going to align ourselves for this weekend we're going to get out of us anything that stands in the way and release from our spirit a statement of faith ready to receive what the rest of the weekend offers what the speakers are bringing yeah. The worship, everything, yeah. and it was a powerful moment, yeah, right? it was. And I'm so glad that you taught us girls from the offset to be undignified because the truth yeah. is when you think of women's conferences, you think of flowers and sweetness and everyone looking lovely. And, <laughs> and what brave heart you know, is. <laughs> yeah, like makeup intact and hair nice. And I love the fact that it's like from night one or from now you're teaching the girls and you still teach us, you know what? It looks a bit undignified. It's okay yeah. if we're just like, our eyes are running of tears yeah. and snot's coming snot out. It's like... Flies. That's okay. And I love that. I love that you taught us that. And I think there was a real shift in this conference and it's a different conference. And I can say that because, you know, I've been to a few women's conferences, but there was something different. There was something sweet about this one. And I think it was a real shift in how us women learn how to fight for our lives, how us women learn how to, you know, fight for our marriages, fight for our children, fight for what God's got for us. And we came out stronger for it. And I think the girls listening today are going to come out stronger, even if they weren't at conference with the wisdom that you imparted on us. So thank you. I've learned so much from that. And I think, you know, you're setting us all up to win for our futures. So Amazing. it was a blessing. But we are already, you know, nothing stops, you know, nothing slows down. We're already thinking ahead to conference in 2024. And it's planned. It's, it's planned. All That's exciting. And we've called this one, It's Time to Take Back. Yes. So come on, give us a little bit of a, a sneak because we're excited yeah. for it already. I know it's a year away, but we're excited. Yeah. So, so Hear Me Roar, it. I think, set us up. And I, the, the, the phrase time to take back is the scripture teaches us that God actually wants you to recover what the enemy Mm. stole from you. Yeah. And I know there are things in life that we cannot physically recover, but I get so sick and tired of God's girls being ripped off by the enemy. Mm. And so when we've lost a lot of the things that we've talked about People have lost years of their life, wasted years of their life, going through their life, feeling insignificant, going through their life, literally dragging their self-esteem off the floor, going through their life because they've allowed the world to speak down to them um, and take from them. And I think as we go through life, 
You know, if we don't have an understanding of who we really are in God, we build up a picture of ourselves which is wrong. It's it's misconstrued because the enemy always wants you to feel like you're less than. And so I think it's time for the tables to turn. I think it's time for the women of God to rise and begin to take back, yeah. take authority over their own lives, take mm-hmm. authority over the children, take yeah. authority in the home and actually be able to stand in the face of adversity and say, you ain't taking any more from me now enough is enough so that's the theme that we are going on for next year um, you've got me excited already but hey between now and then we have got things planned we know we're going to continue doing these podcasts so for the girls that are not local you can stay in contact with us on these podcasts absolutely for the girls who are local I know in you know the upcoming months we'll have a few things for them just locally so you know we don't stop we're going to continue going but May is going to be incredible I'm super excited and we can now actually reveal mm-hmm. um speakers for next year okay gonna... we can talk about that yes. so we have we've got a great lineup for next year i am so great so excited i've got my dear friend jill johnson coming Amazing. over from red rocks colorado that's exciting those of you who know jill know She's that her and her, um husband sean they passed her one of the largest churches in America, mm-hmm. out in Red Rocks, Colorado. Yeah. She also has an incredible women's ministry called Be Loved. Yeah. We have got the phenomenal Irene Rowlands joining us. If right. you've never heard Irene speak, you are in for a real treat. This woman is a powerhouse. And her story is a really powerful story because she herself used to be a pastor. She's a recovery activist. Mm. Um, she really broke through massively um, with addiction. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a mentor. This woman is powerful. You you do not want to miss. We also have as an artist coming back the incredible beautiful Susie Kennedy oh, we love her. who is the Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. lookalike and her story and her testimony we're going to elaborate and just pull some more out of that because I think we had her at Braveheart and yeah. she really touched and she influenced did. so yeah. many girls with her story from um, childhood abuse and all the way working through fame and fortune till her encounter with Jesus and how Jesus has completely radically changed her life so we've got great yeah. and you know what year. for the girls listening if they don't know any of them we've done you've done already two podcasts with two of those yes. so girls you can go back and listen to them podcasts yes. have a little taster into it because they were great podcasts absolutely so that's exciting but yes. um thanks for today thanks for all the wisdom you shared we've absolutely loved it and we've learned so much from you so thank love you love it thanks but girls we can't wait for you to tune in next time but in the meantime you've heard already conference is already planned we are so excited excited for conference in 2024 and the tickets have been released and we've even got early birds just for you if you get them soon so why don't you go over to braveheart.co.uk and you can get your tickets already set yourself up strong for next year already and purchase them tickets but until then girls we'll see you soon Mm